So on this episode of Essential Entrepreneurship with Enrique, I have a special guest. Her name is Magda Khalifa, and Magda is the founder of the Freedom Triangle, and she's a first-generation American, U.S. Army combat veteran, a business owner, a speaker, and a best-selling author of American Dream. After witnessing the attacks in New York City, 9-11-2001, she left her comfortable life behind to join the military. After two tours in Iraq, she struggled with transitions and health issues, and Magda succeeded in turning her life around, and today she shares her success path through the Freedom Triangle Framework, introduced to the world in her book, and today she's going to talk to us about that. She has since launched the first combat veteran-owned fragrance line, Triangle Fragrance, featuring confidence for women and the victory line for men. And Magda continues to inspire and guide people by speaking about her unique story, perspectives, an example of no excuse, all in tenacity and grit. Magda, thank you for coming on today on a Sunday and welcome to the show. Very happy to be here, Enrique. Thank you. Absolutely. So it's awesome talking to, to veterans in general, and especially when we get a badass one like you. So this is going to be, this is easily one of the most special episodes that I've recorded yet. And to have you on, you know, it really is a pleasure. Well, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I want to dive right in, you know, to to your military experience because there's this huge fiction, you know, there's this huge fiction abyss, right, with the civilian world and the military, right? So I feel like we get a lot of miseducation through movies and video games. And today, you know, now that we have you here, I want you to really tell us about the reality of that, the reality of war, what it's like going into it and, and all those things about it. But first, I want to start from the very beginning. You know, what made you want to enlist? Sure. Well, I grew up in the New York City area, and when September 11, 2001 occurred, I, of course, like so many others, witnessed it and, uh, you know, was impacted by that. I, um, my husband at the time, I was married at the time, he worked on the 101st floor. And though he was not in the building that day, he was at a different location. He lost almost 200 coworkers. So it was very personal wow. for for so many, for everybody in the area, which, you know, unfortunately, um, that's the reality of it. But same with other areas in our uh, country as well that were attacked as well, you know, with uh, the Pentagon and, um, of course, in Pennsylvania and then, you know, people who had loved ones on the uh, flights um, who were killed who were murdered that day. So uh, it was definitely a very, very, very um, transformational time for me um, being so close to it so that, uh, you know, it left an impact, uh, an imprint, if you will, on me. And, you know, I was about 30, 29, 29, 30 years old at the time. So I had a career. I was married. I, I had a life. Um, but, you know, seeing what happened in the city that I loved, I felt compelled to do something. Mm. And because I didn't have other skills, um, really anything to provide to help the rescue or recovery efforts, I started looking at the military. And that's the direction that I uh, went into. What made you choose the branch that you chose? Um, so I went to a recruiter, an army recruiter, because they I initially wanted to go in as a military police um, uh, job, but <laughs> I was too short. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, so, I feel that pain. I know that pain very well. 
I mean, I don't know if that's still, you know, a, a stipulation, but I wasn't the required five foot four. So uh, I had to look at other options. And the recruiter talked to me about uh, a job called civil affairs. And I said, what is that like public affairs? I, I don't get it. And he said, no. And he explained to me what the job was. And he said it was uh, the only reserve unit in special operations. So you would train to a higher standard. You would be expected to perform at a different standard because you would be doing a broader range of tasks um, within the special operations umbrella. And I thought, okay, that sounds like the place I want to be. And that's how he uh, recruited me for that position. Wow. So, I mean, I got to ask you this, you know, what is it like serving a tour, let alone two tours? Like, you know, like what was the emotions when you felt, hey, you're going to you're, you're going to serve like we're going to ship you out? Like, what did you feel? How? I, I was excited. I mean, I was because I wanted to do this. Like yeah. we have an all volunteer military. Thank goodness. But right. um, God bless. You know, we haven't. Right. You know, because there are enough patriots that, that want to serve, especially when our country needs that. But uh, at the same point, I, I wanted to go like yesterday, you know, but you have to go through training first. <laughs> so uh, that took several months, you know, because you have to wait till your your billet opened up to, you know, go to um, uh, basic training and then advanced training and learn your trade and whatnot. And then uh, I, as soon as that was over, I, I came back to the area. I was uh, stationed in uh, Staten Island at Fort Fort Wadsworth. That's where my reserve unit was out of. And I said, okay, when's the next rotation headed over? And the uh, staff there said, you know, we're, we as the command, we're not going to be going over probably until 2005. And I, I didn't want to sit and wait. Um, I had fire in my belly. I wanted to do what I signed up to do. So uh, there was another unit, uh, out in Michigan that was headed over sooner. So I was able to get a slot with them and I went over in 2004 with them for my first tour. So what was it like? I mean, I was excited to go. I was, this is what I wanted to do. And you know, when you put your mind on something, um, you know, you're, you're excited about that. Now, of course it wasn't like full excitement the whole way out, but I mean, there was a lot of unknowns. Uh, I knew I was leaving behind I, I knew I was leaving behind all the comforts in the world that I had. I mean, I worked hard. I talk about it in my book. I mean, I was always a worker. I've always been a hard worker. I know no other way. So, but at the same point, it was a good life. Life in the 90s, uh, married, dual income, no kids. We traveled, we partied, we, we had a great life. And we created that life for ourselves, you know. But I knew I was leaving that behind. And, you know, my husband was a Marine he understood and mm. even though he didn't want his wife going off to war he totally understood why i would you know i needed to and i knew enough to know that obviously if i didn't i would always regret it so like when you have that when something becomes crystal clear to you you have to take action because who wants to live with regrets you know so i've kind of always been the um commit and figure it out along the way or later <laughs> kind of person. Mm -hmm. And sure, there were um, challenges, you know, things I didn't expect. But overall, I mean, it was just such an honor to serve. I mean, even, even as far back before deploying, you know, just being, I remember when I arrived at Fort Jackson um, for basic training, it was amazing to, 
you know, having, having read so many books about the military and stories about warriors prior to myself that had gone and served and their experiences, I was just so humbled and honored to be wearing the uniform and training and going through what they had gone through as well. I mean, there was a lot of honor with that and just being part of that team. It was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful feeling. And, uh, I guess my perspective might've been a little bit different because I was older, you know, I wasn't 17 or 18, you know, just coming out of high school and transitioning. I had a good 10 years of adult life, um, so perhaps that, you know, made my experience a little bit different, uh, or perspective a little bit different, but, but this is, you know, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, to this date, I'm so honored to have served. I mean, like I can really, really, really get humbled thinking about it, you know, how, how, um, unique of an experience it was. And yes, that I was fortunate to come back and to be able to tell my story now for sure but I think for, you know, so many that serve, they feel the same way too, because there is very little that can come close to the camaraderie that you experience um, first with the training. And then when you put that training um, into place under fire, you know, I mean, that there's, it's indescribable. Um, but of course, with every, you know, action, there's a reaction with every good, there's bad as a, you know, one of our mentors say, uh, says, uh, you know, with every asset, every asset turns into a liability. It's the same concept, you know, um, I experienced some, some of the highest highs in life, if you will, you know, being part of something so wonderful, but then when it was gone, I experienced some of the lowest lows in life. So, you know, was it worth it? Would I do it all over again? Absolutely. You know, that's life. Life is not going to be, you know, it's going to go up and down, up and down, no matter what you do. But, um, to me, it was phenomenal. And I, I do feel very honored to have been part of something that, you know, has instilled so much in me that, um, I can really crush everything else I do in life again afterwards, because I know, I know now, you know, or I realize I have the wherewithal to realize that having been through, uh, some of the toughest times before I, uh, nothing will ever come close to that again. I think it's absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for your service and you know for the sacrifice that you made and and just to hear like you could hear how passionate you are like you, you just said like you'll go right back in you know if you could like it's just it's awesome to hear somebody could just be so passionate about something like that and such great things like the camaraderie like the discipline and all these great lessons and things that you've experienced and learned from doing all that stuff is just absolutely amazing you know and and the, for it to be backed up by that much love makes it even better it- well, you know, and that's the thing. It's you don't want to live life with regrets, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the outlook. Um, I think if a lot more people took that outlook, they would find more uh, satisfaction in life because life is about experiences and, you know, finding your own path and carving your own path and uh, doing things uh, that you believe in versus what you should be doing in because of a path that you perhaps were directed to follow, you know? Yeah. So, so, so tell me, tell us, you know, what is it like in battle? You know, because we have this huge perception of civilians of what it's like, you know, through a movie, but what is it like in real life? Like, I want to know, like, you know, the emotions 
that you that that just struck you in that second you know and and how you dealt with it like how you swallowed down okay i'm going through this this is what i have to do like the bullet list in your head of things that you got to do like just what was it like overall if you could tell us exactly you know what you felt you know in your first battle so when the bullets or mortars <laughs> or uh, rocket propelled grenades or RPGs are flying, you know, like things happen so fast. I will say like when <laughs> there are firefights, things happen so quickly. And then, um, you know, you don't have time to really sit and think about things. You react based on your training. And that's what the, you know, the army does such a great job of doing uh does such a great job of doing is training training it's repetitive it's over and over and over and over because you don't have time to freeze or to think about what's my course of action at this point you need to take immediate action um for so many different scenarios so um it i don't know if this will communicate well but for a person who's an adrenaline junkie perhaps um it's something that you will find uh, moments of throughout, you know, your your tenure in uh, in a combat zone. You know, experiences will vary. Uh, there, you know, during like I was there for two different tours, and uh, there were pockets throughout. It wasn't you know sustained combat the entire two years there were pockets of when things happened and didn't happen right but here's the thing you can't allow yourself to become complacent and you know let's say it's been quiet for a while and you know no bombs have been going off or um you know it's been just you haven't had any anything really going on in a while well that's when you know that's the most dangerous time because you need to be locked on Mm-hmm. Locked and loaded, so to speak. You know, your mind needs to be with terms, you know, stay frosty, head on a swivel because you never know when something's going to happen. So, um, but that's part of, you know, what affects your um, cortisol levels too, because when you're in those sustained operations where anything can happen at any time, you need to be able to go, go, go and react. Um, when you do that for a prolonged period of time, and I mean, I, I served two years, you know, that, that is nothing compared to, you know, so many of my brothers and sisters who served so many more tours and, and years and months, you know, uh, literally. And, you know, that's why a lot of veterans have a lot of health issues when they return because your body adapts to that. And it's like crashing and burning, you know, you hit that wall when you come home. And I experienced that after just two years, you know, 2004 and then 06 to 07. So when I came back in 07, I was just... Oh my gosh. It was just like literally, you know, taking laps at full speed and then boom, hitting the wall. And, um, it's hard to explain that, you know, I was still young. (laughs) I didn't, I was in great shape or so I thought I didn't understand what was going on, but that's the thing. You're the human body's not meant to be, um, on full, full auto mode, if you will, you know, for that long a period of time. And, what I know now is you need to deflate when you get back. Um, I did get in a motorcycle accident uh, a little bit after I got back. And, you know, in a way it was a blessing. Uh, it wasn't severe enough to, you know, render me um, useless, but it was enough for me to perhaps stay off the bike a little bit while I deflated. And that was probably a good thing um, mm. because unfortunately a lot of, uh, there had been a problem, a lot of, um, uh, you know, if you look at the demographic, a lot of, uh, you know, young Marines, young soldiers, they come back um, probably like 18 to 25 and they get crotch rockets and they're go, go, go 
when they come home because you're go, go, go when you're in combat. So when you come home, you know, then they find themselves in, in accidents, usually, uh, you know, with fatalities. And remember the military came out with their own, uh, uh, sports bike course for, you know, to try to help remedy that, um, because it, it was an issue, you know, when, if you add alcohol to it to, uh, you know, we've had a lot of uh, fatalities of uh, returning veterans. Um, it's something you who, hear about all the time, you know, fatalities of returning veterans. You hear about all the time. And, and, and like incidental things too, you know, which which kind of makes it even worse. You know, like... Well, you, well there's you, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a lot with that. There's and, and I do talk about it in the book because um, part of what I did when I transitioned uh, on the side, I did uh, serve on the board directors for veterans nonprofits and learned a lot about why so many veterans were having uh, transition issues. And I learned about things that were going on that I didn't realize, like the impact of uh, traumatic brain injury and, you know, not just roadside bombs, but blasts as well. And how that really um, had an effect on our body's physical makeup and, uh, you know, exposures to the burn pits and toxins that were in our bodies and so on and so forth. So uh, I do discuss that in the book and it's just, you know, knowledge is power. And I think it's Mm. important because it took me many years to learn these things, but, you know, collectively too, I think, you know, as a force, as a country, we didn't all have the answers for sure because it was a new war or a new type of war, you know, modern era, global war on terror. So we were dealing with different, um, threats than we were in previous uh, engagements. So we learned collectively, we learned more. And now, you know, we're in 2020. So we have a lot more knowledge and therefore we're able to uh, treat uh, things differently and find solutions and paths forward for veterans, returning veterans, um, you know, solutions and paths forward that may not have existed in a, uh, you know, at the time in 2007 when I came back. So I feel very fortunate because I pushed through, you know, I was stubborn, stubborn as heck. And I just refused to, you know, take the route of going to the Veterans Administration and asking for help and, you know, getting prescribed, over-prescribed medications, you know, mm. no way. Like I, I was always like a health nut. Um, and the, the idea of taking medication to try to help me get through, you know, my day just didn't sit well with me. And um, so I didn't go that path. But, you know, unfortunately for so many others, that was uh, the only option that they knew of, you know, so that's one of the reasons I speak is, is to, you know, shed light on that and let others know there's other things that can help for sure. And you don't have to take um, a pharmacological approach, you know, to try to improve your life. And I literally turned my life around. Um, so I think that's important to show as an example that if you know I could do it, you could do it too, oh, yeah. because the veteran suicide rate has been uh, overwhelming. You know, the numbers are certainly underreported. I mean, look, if you look at, right, look at COVID, right? Like we see how the different states are reporting different numbers and, you know, some were inflating the numbers and some were, you know, deflating the numbers and for a lot of different reasons, right? Nobody can get a true grip on what the numbers really are. Well, same thing applied for, <laughs> I would say for anything run by the government, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, uh, same thing applied for the veteran suicide rate. And it's a shame. Like I, I remember, I don't know how many years back this was, but we found out like some large states like Texas and California were not reporting their numbers. It's like they weren't required to report their numbers. So that, of course, you know, skewed the numbers tremendously. So with everything in life, we have to be critical thinkers and ask questions and 
not rely on the quote-unquote expertise of um, organizations or entities that may have ulterior motives or be corrupt, you know, even if not everybody in there is corrupt, if you will, you know, um, you just really have to drill down and, and look for, you know, science, if you will, to back things up or true numbers, true case studies. You really have to dig in and not just take everything at face value. So, mm. but going off on tangent, you know, bottom line is if someone wants to make a difference in their life, you know, like having gone through um, an intense period of time as combat, which other than the losses of life um, and the injuries of, of uh, lives, it, it was awesome to be part of the U.S. military. I mean, we rocked and rolled and did some amazing things, and I loved it. I mean, it was amazing. But coming home, you know, I needed a new mission. And, you know, what what do you do? Where do you go to find that level of everything, you know? Uh so that was the long journey and that was the struggle that I had that so many others have as well. And the good news is, let's say 13 years later, well, it didn't take 13 years. It took, um, collectively, I would say probably, uh, 11 years, 11 and a half, 12 years before I really, really figured it out. But now that I've figured it out, I'm unstoppable and it's so exciting. And I just love sharing the message with others who can benefit from it because if they can save some of the time that I wasted in order to turn their lives around or for them to get to the next level, well, then good, you know, because nobody knows how long we're going to be on this earth and you might as well you know, kick butt the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, how did you, how did you like get through the struggle of coming back to the civilian world? You know, like what would you sell? What would you say to, you know, other veterans who come back, but they're having a super hard time adjusting or they just don't know where to start because like what you went through yeah. and then what you came back through was completely different worlds. Like you said, so just the fact that you can get over something like that, you know, and, and, and really just adapt. Like, it's absolutely amazing what us humans can adapt to. How did you do that? Um, I, I, you know, I think growing up in the North Jersey area, I, I think I've always had this, like, survivability, uh, a very strong-willed sort of uh, internal drumbeat that served me, ultimately, to push through the rough times. And you know, the opening chapter in my book was, you know, I started off with the darkest time for me, like the absolute worst. Um, and I had to make a decision. Uh, I was faced with, do I hit the easy button and turn to, you know, the bottle of alcohol that was readily accessible that mm -hmm. I knew would solve my problem for the immediate um, few hours? Or was I going to uh, take an ulterior route and I did take the ulterior route. And, wow. you know, even though I, like I said, it took me many years to get to the point that I am right now, yeah, um, by having that belief in yourself and just never giving up, never giving up and, and things were bad again. I mean, yeah, that was probably the darkest night, but there were other dark nights afterwards too, and dark days too, and other struggles. And, you know, but it's so far in the past to me right now. I mean, if I sit and think about specific incidents, yeah, yeah, it sucked. I found myself very alone. Um, I found myself betrayed. I found myself, you know, in a lot of not so great situations. But also, too, 
when I was given a little bit of sunshine, I ran with it, you know, and, um, over time, I think I had to go through that decompression time and, uh, that period of building my self-reliance too, you know, cause I came back, got divorced and was alone. And, you know, that was part of the equation. Um, but it made me a stronger person and just combining all those elements that I mentioned before, you know, um, I was just by the grace of God able to push through and figure out some really, really cool things along the way. So the whole point is, you know, we can all go through tough times in our life, but we have to have that deep resilience and American dream. The name of the book dream is an acronym. Uh, so D stands for discipline, R for resilience, E for endurance, A for adaptability and M for mentorship. And those are the traits I believe that people need to really have and, um, sustain to sustain themselves for success, not just in business, but in life, you know, and if you do have those traits and develop those traits, then you're going to uh, become a very resilient, uh, tough force that can uh, take everything that life throws at it and at, at you, you know, and come out and emerge even stronger and better. And so, you know, why are some people able to do that? And why do some people fold? Well, it, I believe it starts with the decision. Like I am not going to let my past or I'm not going to let the current situation dictate my future, you know, but you have to make that conscious yeah. decision. I love that acronym, it, by the way. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. The well, dream. in the book, I didn't want to, it's not just a war story or I didn't want to just share my memoir. I wanted to include lessons learned that people could, um, you know, regardless of what their experiences were, you know, even if they didn't like relate to me in terms of the actual experience, they can apply the lessons that I learned from those experiences to their lives as well. And hopefully emerge, you know, perhaps with a different outlook. Or look at things a little bit differently and have a way forth and a path ahead. Because the bottom line is when you know, wait a minute, there's hope, you know, <laughs> then you're going to want to wake up the next day. You're yeah. going to want to keep going. Oh, yeah. You're going to want to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then all of a sudden all the little problems that come to you are not going to seem um, to matter as much because you're going to be so intent on your future. It's going to be so crystal clear because you know mm. where you're going and you know, you can get there. Oh, I love that. And this is all this good stuff is in your book too. You know, it is, it is. And all, the reviews have been wonderful. Um, a lot of the public reviews focus on the military story because, uh, so less than 1% of the modern U.S. military, uh, or less than 1% of our population, American population, have served, you know, as, as vet, our veterans, right? But of that uh, percentage, you know, 15% are women veterans. So there have not been a lot of books written by women veterans and their work experience. I mean, there are some, but but not a lot. So a lot of people focus on that part when um, in the reviews, which that's wonderful. But I really think the value of um, the book is in the lessons learned and the mindset mm. um, that comes through. And the war story is just the, the color to explain, you know, the the uh, it's a story to explain the lessons, if you will. Yeah, I got to know, too, like, 
so I'm sure in you know in in your group of people in your battalion when you when you were serving, were you like one of the few women or were you the only woman? Because it's such a uh, I feel like it's such a male dominant kind of environment, right? So like, what is it like being one of the few or maybe the only um, the female there fighting? Right. So in uh, 2004, um, you know, again, the, the numbers have statistically or historically, I should say, been about 15 percent of the force are women. So the civil affairs job, uh, which I'll explain briefly, but essentially we went out and met with the local uh, leaders, the sheiks, the tribal leaders, elected leaders, and uh, built relationships with them so that uh we were able to help the battalion commander um, with his uh, distinct military purpose, you know, so it was always tied to a military mission, but we built those relationships. So uh, that brought us outside the wire to use a phrase that uh, people know. So we weren't sitting on a base. Like we were literally going out each day into, you know, into the local towns and villages and whatnot. And, that being said, this uh, position at the time was under, is still under uh, Special Operations Command. And as a result of that, uh, the the number of women back then who, you know, were part of uh, that particular job uh, wasn't a very high number. I think we had nine in my class of 35 that went through the advanced training and so when we deployed, what they tried to do is keep two women together. So you would always have a battle buddy, mm-hmm. um, regardless of, you know, because we were all, we didn't, you know, stay together as a unit. We were all farmed out throughout the country to different um, units. We were attached to different units. So <laughs> I talk about this, this story. Uh, it's, um, it was the hardest thing that I went through, but the, the uh, soldier that I was battle buddies with, that I went through basic training and advanced training with and deployed with, uh, Specialist Nicole Fry, she was out of Wisconsin and we deployed together. We just, it just so worked out that we were on the same roster and she was killed four days after we arrived in country. Um, And that led to a lot of my, you know, I had a lot of guilt because uh, we were separated, you know, as (laughs) <laughs> with the fog of war, uh, there's also the fog of logistics and everybody got on the ground and they separated us. We weren't supposed to be separated. So they were trying to get me back down to her when we got the news that um, when they went out on that first mission, she was killed. So um honored to tell her story and, uh, you know, share her story because uh, getting back to what you had asked, she was actually the uh, operations that was killed in our global war on terror so uh we've had i want to say a hundred about 170 uh female um warriors have died in the global war on terror iraq and afghanistan uh some from accidents some from suicides in country uh but many were killed directly by the enemy and um i know there's there's there are uh you know women uh war memorials and whatnot but that's a very small number Mm -hmm. so it was definitely an honor to tell her story and capture that from a historical standpoint and also for her family to keep her name living on 
and um, you know, and for me, you know, to to share, um, you know, because I have gratitude that I'm here, and she's not, and she was a lot younger than me. She was uh, she was 20 years old, you know, when she was killed. So she didn't get to live a full life, you know. So I definitely struggled with that for years. I had guilt um, over that, but then you know, I finally realized, okay, I need to become the best a version of myself and do the most that I can do because she didn't get a chance to. So that's a different perspective I provide. Yeah, definitely. So how do you go from, you know, a veteran to an author and to a business owner? Like, you know, that whole transition, what was that whole mental switch for you? You know, like, cause I think it's such an amazing thing to make such an amazing step to take too. Well, it, it didn't happen overnight. So I left active duty service in 07. And for the next uh, five years, roughly, I worked as a defense contractor. Um, so that helped me feel like I had a purpose in terms of helping train new warriors that were getting ready to go over. Uh, Navy sailors who you know had... Um, had not previously trained to be in part of small units and whatnot. Like I was part of that and that was rewarding, you know, so I did that for uh, a little over five years, but then it got to the point where, you know, there's a lot of government bureaucracy in everything. (laughs) So I was just, you know, with, with the world of, you know, contracting and sequestration, I was paid well, um, but then I really wasn't working at the level I felt I needed to be working at, you know, I was, uh, filling a seat on a contract. So, um, eventually I started my first business in 2012. So I've been working for myself since 2012, but the, uh, you know, as far as writing my story, sharing my story, that only came about, about a year ago barely. Uh, the book came out nine months ago. So I started working on it a little, you know, like about a year ago, uh, because it finally came clear to me that I needed to share my story. I realized I had value and shame on me if I didn't share my story, my example, my perspectives, because what am I doing to contribute to the newer generation? You know, uh, that's part of our duty in life. I believe, you know, here as Americans or worldwide, it's like, you know, you reach a point, you know, 50 is just a few years away from me (laughs) and I know I've done a few things. So if I don't take that value and provide it for younger generations, well then shame on me for being selfish because I could actually hopefully make an impact on somebody younger because when I think back to the books I read, you know, uh, when I was younger and then in college of like Vietnam era veterans, um, and their stories that inspired me, you know, that taught me, um, values or helped me look at different things in life to value that I didn't necessarily get in my North Jersey, New York city metropolitan area upbringing, you know? So, it broadens my thoughts and belief system. And I think that was really important. So when we were attacked, I, that's why it made sense to me to go and serve kind of like 
um, the examples of the generation prior and generations prior who had served, you know. So, so yeah, just happy to share uh, those experiences and hopefully they translate well to others. Um, so the book came out last year. It finally made sense to share, you know, all these stories that I captured in there that I never shared with anyone. I mean, nobody knew, nobody. Um, so got those out there and then the emails started coming in. People started messaging me about how a couple things, how they, you know, what they read helped them with the direction in life that they wanted to go. And also when they saw that I shared my experiences, it it empowered them to find their own way to uh, express or um, deal with whatever it was that they were going through. So not necessarily just military folks, but people overall. Um, So I knew that was a good thing because when you put positive flow into the universe, you know, it's going to come back to Mm. you for sure. And it certainly has. And um, since the book came out, I've been speaking a lot about it. And uh, also um, I pivoted and decided to get into a product-based business uh, to help shed light on something that I introduced to the world in the book called the freedom triangle. And it's the framework that I essentially looked back at the, you know, the, the healing and struggle years of my life and picked out what worked and put this framework together called the freedom triangle. And it's based on time, freedom, health, freedom, and mind freedom. And it serves as a guide to people to get to the, their next level in life, you know, to first identify the areas that they really need to work on. And if they make that choice and they set their intention, they'll be able to push forth and get to that state of limitless and find peace of mind like I did and perhaps move from success to significance. And it's a powerful feeling. I experienced that you know, it peaked, if you will, last summer. And it was just phenomenal to get to that point in life. And since then, you know, I mean, life's been different <laughs> wanna, in wanna, a beautiful I way. I want to go back to what you just said about the triangle freedom because I caught it. I'm not sure if anybody else caught it, but the significance of what you just said and how you explained it, right? So <clears throat> for our listeners, right, I want them to picture a triangle, just a standard triangle, like a pyramid-shaped triangle. And Magda repeat what you said the triangle is made out of right so right now picture listeners right now picture a triangle right and it's got three sides now magda explain each three sides and the importance of each one and how they could use this because i just caught it and i absolutely love it so i want to make sure they can catch it too so can you explain that real quick mm-hmm. so the three points so we have time freedom Okay, which a lot of people tie to financial freedom, but that's not necessarily the whole intent and uh, purpose of it. Time freedom is you need to be able to have time in your life to heal properly. And so many people are stuck on that gerbil wheel, um, you know, Mm. on society's demands or, you know, their family's demands, whatever it was that they're growing up with. Right. So they don't know any route out of it and they're never able to progress or get through what they need to get through because they don't have the time. So that's an important part is the time freedom piece. That's a, a tool to facilitate your growth. Then you have the health freedom and that's two part. One part is 
you don't want to be a slave to things that are going to manipulate your thoughts and your behaviors and your emotions. You need to have control of that. If you have control of that, you're able to get to the next level. So that's done by the process of eliminating these, what I call toxins from your life. And it could be something, you know, it could be alcohol, could be cigarettes, could be sugar, right? You know, that's a big part of processed foods that affects how we feel. You know, (laughs) there's a term, I'm not going to say it on your podcast, but there are people that we know that get these moments, these episodes of being a certain way. And, you know, you would be surprised to see how many people become that certain way. Uh, You know, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and they don't even realize they're that way, but they get that way because their bodies are reacting to, say, sugar overload Mm. or mix in with a prescription medication or throw in a little bit of alcohol. You know, so you have to get yourself cleansed and get to that point. The second part of the health freedom is you want to optimize. You want to, you know, use the right superfoods, the right um, balance in, well, I don't want to use that word balance. You want to use the right, um, I would would call them high performance lifestyle habits to assure that you are able to access recesses of your brain that you normally would not be able to, if you're just, you know, like I was talking about, you know, go, 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 go mission after mission after mission when I was in combat, like there was no way I was going to get to that portion of the health freedom part, you know, because I was not getting deep sleep, you know, that was just not the time and place in life for that, you know, (laughs) sleep sleep when you're dead is, was our phrase, you know, but (laughs) later on, right. Well, right. Um, That's my phrase too with business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and, and and it's good to a certain point, but like there's so much replenishment when you can um, sleep properly and, get deep restorative sleep. Now that leads into mind freedom. When you're able to tap into the recesses of your brain, it's powerful what you're able to do. And I love that part Mm. because it is indescribable what it's like to go to sleep. You know, you have different problems going on, different stressors and solve problems in your sleep where you wake up crystal clear on what you're going to do. And that happened to me so many different times. And I talk about how I got there, like what exactly I did to get there. And everybody's going to have a different path to get there, but it's something to aspire to, you know, if you really, really want to become the best version of yourself and get to that next level. Um, now what I will say, mind freedom, I think is the hardest part for many people, um, because you do have to reconcile your past, Without reconciling your past, you're never going to be able to fully surge your future. You could be successful, but it doesn't mean you're going to fully surge your future and truly become the best version of yourself. Something's going to be missing. And that's the part I I love the most because people don't realize, I didn't realize how tethered I was to so much of my past for so long, you know. But then when it's presented to you and you think about it and you absorb it and you reflect on it and you realize that makes sense. Then you make a decision. You make the decision. Do I want to stay tethered to that? Am I going to continue to let the past dictate my future or am I going to do something about it? Mm. So if you're able to literally let go of those anchors and those dependencies, you can really move forth. And that's that feeling of limitless. And it's so powerful. So um, I think it's so important, the mind freedom piece. And I think most Perhaps most people don't get to that point in life, and um, many who do, it's right at their deathbed. 
Yeah. You know, and who wants to wait to that point Mm -hmm. to have that kind of clarity? You know, you want to, I don't know, personally, I mean, (laughs) I'm glad I figured it out finally. Regret too. Pardon? I said with all that, like, you know, for the people who discover that clarity late, late in life, that's usually followed by a lot of regret too shortly after. You hit the nail on the head and that's the thing, you know, like if, if you all of a sudden, um, and see so clearly into the future, right? You know, you're going to do something to fix the areas that are deficient. Mm. But if it's clouded and murky, you're not going to be able to identify those areas that are deficient, yeah. you know? And it's about finding that inner peace. And it's so important because when you get to that level, it's, um, I don't want to use the word spiritual, but that's the best descriptor I could find right now. But it's, it's something so personal, so deep within you. Nobody can take it away from you. And it'll continue to grow and flourish as long as you continue to feed it. You know, so I kind of joke, I'm addicted to growth, but I am. (laughs) (laughs) Because at this point, like, there's so much, the sky's the limit. And you know, the energy and momentum I have that I am applying to the different things I want to, you know, accomplish and achieve to serve as many people as possible. Mm. Um, There's a lot of velocity there and it's refreshing because after years of idling, existing, you know, but not really living, it's beautiful to have captured this And that's what I want people to get out of it is that if they want it, they can get after it. Now, everybody's going to take a different path. You know, everybody's commitment level is different and that's totally fine, but it exists. It's captured. It's out there. And I do have, I am working on a course. The course is not available yet, but if people are curious about this, they can go to thefreedomtriangle.com. There's a, I think it's a five page download. Um, they can print it out, answer the three questions, reflect on it, put it away. You know, uh, for some people, it may bring up, um, you know, uh, realizations about themselves mm. that they may not like, and that's fine. You know, but when they're ready to really address it, they can go to the next step. But that's the starting point I would um, offer to folks that are interested in really getting to that next level. I love that. And, and viewers, check that out. That is at thefreedomtriangle.com. The, the That's correct, right? Yes. Beautiful. And I just want to recap for the uh, listeners too. Look, that, fr- that freedom triangle, the three sides, time freedom, health freedom, and mind freedom. And when I just thought of this just now. What principles, habits, and rituals did the military teach you that you use today, you know, with your business, entrepreneurship, and just your everyday life? Um, So I've always been disciplined because (laughs) growing up, and I talk about like my childhood growing up, like if I wasn't disciplined, like I wouldn't be able to have the the wins as a kid, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, with strict parents, my parents were immigrants from two very different countries. And what's the background? All this, uh, dad was from Egypt and mom was from Colombia. Okay. That explains your last name. Yes. Yes. I kept my maiden name and they, uh, you know, they were amazing 
people, mom's still with me, but uh, dad has, has passed. But uh, amazing, amazing people. I mean, they were kick butt in so many ways. Um, but that being said, it did present some challenges because you had this, you know, American born child here and, you know, uh, parents from with their different approaches to things, if you will. So I had to be very disciplined in my habits to be able to know what I could get away with. (laughs) (laughs) There's a strategy to this. (laughs) Yeah. But then, um, but being in the military, it's a different type of discipline because you're essentially giving up your freedom. You know, it's not about you. It's Mm. about, you know, the mission and the team. So yeah, that's a different type of discipline, but it was wonderful. And of course, you know, you have your tactical uh, discipline, which is tied in with the training of what it is that you're, you know, you're doing to, you know, your job and being able to shoot, move, communicate, fight and survive um, as a soldier. But uh, that being said, discipline is probably something I take away from the military. Um, also uh, integrity. You know, uh, a different level of integrity. I learned a lot about that. I talk about that where I where I learned about that. You know, um, whereas you know I didn't have that level of integrity uh, when I was a younger kid. You know, it was about survival and doing what you need to do. But then I learned the spirit of you know being part of something greater than yourself and um, everything involved with that. So uh, those are things that I took away. And of course, you know, there were, uh, you know, I talk about the stories in the book that really tested my, my resilience and my adaptability. So all those elements, whether I had them to whatever degree before going in the military, they were definitely, uh, uh, expanded or enhanced in the military and, um, served me in life afterwards as well. How would you teach a civilian? You know, a regular person like me that's in business or maybe someone that's not even in business. Hey, what's a great step to increase your discipline today? Because I feel like, you know, bettering your discipline is such a hard thing to do. And it's such a mental game, you know. So what would you recommend and advise for people to really strengthen their discipline? Because discipline is, you know how important it is. And once you strengthen the discipline, you can accomplish so many great things, right? So what is a great first step and what's some great advice that you would give us civilians that you've learned well the the first step is to make that commitment and when i say make that commitment you have to be true to yourself you have to really be real with yourself how many people say hey i'm gonna you know january 1st of the new year i'm going to join a gym and lose weight and you know both those things go out the window within 10 days. Right. Mm. So you have to be real with yourself and this is being real. Some people are just not meant to, you know, achieve the things that they want to do. It sounds good, but they're not willing to do the work Mm. that it takes in order to get the results that they desire. So what I would do is, you know, on an individual basis is ask those hard questions, you know, find out why do you want to do it? And if a person can't even explain their why, you know, the reason that they want to do it, then I would offer that maybe they don't really want to do it and don't waste your time, you know, going through the motions and saying that you're going to, you know, 
uh, work on this or do this or attempt this because you really don't want to and you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. But let's say, you know, somebody really does want to. Well, okay, um, find out what steps are needed to get, you know, from point A to point B in in that path of that journey, what you want to do, you know, build the business, um, become a pro athlete, whatever the, the goal and the dream is, right? And then master the fundamentals day in, day out. You know, shoot those hoops every day. Do the drill every single day till you are doing it in your sleep. <laughs> That's the way to build discipline. And then I also like the concept of getting outside of your comfort zone and doing something that you absolutely hate to do because that's what's going to help you to grow do something that you never imagined you would do or you thought you can avoid doing your entire life you know like there was a point in my life where I never imagined speaking publicly you know I was a very very private person Mm. and had all these like stupid beliefs in my head you know and then like there was no way I was going to do that and I signed up for uh, a course last year to learn how to speak better, just overall, like in business sense, you know, um, not necessarily on a stage, but yeah, I was thrown out of my comfort zone and that's where I grew the most. And then I went to a workshop in person and, you know, I could feel, you know, my heart beating mm-hmm. and I could hear the words that my mouth was saying, but it was like an out of body experience, you know, like, yeah. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. But everything you want is on the other side of fear. Oh, and that's man. how we grow. Absolutely. It, Oh God, that's such a true saying. And you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Toastmasters. It's a public mm-hmm. speaking club. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yes, I hear wonderful things about Toastmasters. Uh, Toastmasters is a beautiful thing. I, everybody, if if you want to practice your public speaking and really build confidence, public speaking will do that and Toastmasters will help you. And Toastmasters is international, so it's all over the country, every city. There's multiple locations. Literally, like if you go to a website, you punch in your zip code and it tells you all the different locations near you. It's that big, but it's absolutely essential. And that's why I'm so you know, I'm so much better at speaking is because of Toastmasters. And, you know, I'm going to transition into business in a few years to getting on stage, right? Doing seminars and things like that. So that is why I got into it. And and the payoff is just absolutely amazing. It's a beautiful investment to make, not just for business, but just for yourself. Because speaking is something we're always going to do, right? So you want to speak well, you want to come off well, you want to prove a point when you speak and you want to sound intelligent and it's exactly what that teaches you. So if you are listening to this and you wanted to practice your public speaking or you're looking for ways to break the comfort zone, like Magda just said, public speaking is absolutely essential. It's great. It's one of those easier steps that you can take to leave your comfort zones and just do it. Literally just do it. Like Toastmasters, they have guest passes. You can you could be a guest like two or three times, pay nothing and boom, get in. It's such a good thing to do. So Magda, what other, you know, habits or rituals did you take from the military that you implement every day with your business? Um, so <laughs> it's interesting thinking back to um, my experiences. We were very tough. Ta-
task organized with the job that we did. Like we had a distinct mission, but we also had to think about secondary and tertiary effects of what it is that we were doing uh, because of the nature of, of, you know, being in a combat zone. And, you know, there were so many different implications if you did this or if you did that. So that's something that I've embedded in uh, pretty much all my business over the years, you know, was looking at things from different perspective because I realized the value of it because over there in Iraq, it could mean the difference between, you know, life or death for, uh, for people, you know, or, you know, it had much more um, tangible uh, uh, consequence, if you will, than stay here, you know, for trying to make a decision in business here. So, I've always had that approach of looking at different angles because of having done that uh, when we were doing our uh, mission planning in a war zone. Mm. Wow. You know, I love picking the brains of veterans, you know, because you guys just, you know, you think very differently. And like you said about perception, perception is huge because usually how we perceive ourselves others perceive us differently, right? But sometimes we just can't always see that, you know? So just the ability to have a broader sense of perception could make the biggest change, right? Whether you're in a war zone or just the civilian life, you know? Because like we, we just come off, we think we perceive ourselves one way, but simply, you know, we could be perceiving to others completely different. And, and usually, you know, if you realize that about yourself, you're like, whoa, hmm, I don't know if I like the way I perceive to others. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have to make that alter reality check or, hey, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't behave this way, you know? And, you know, with business, it's just such a good thing to have because, oh, man, with great perception becomes great clarity, right? And with great clarity provides everything else just so, like, it just being, you know, Clarity is just such an important thing to have. And, and it, when there's confusion, man, there's a lot of bad things that can come from confusion. There, there's stagnation when you have confusion. You know, people who are confused don't do anything. <laughs> they don't know how to move forth. But when you have clarity, things are crystal clear and you know what you're working towards. Yeah, when people have confusion, they go right back into that shell. You know, they leave that, uh, they go right back in that comfort zone. And then boom, right back in their old habits, their old disciplines and that old pattern. And then they get frustrated. So they stay there. Well, you know, um, <laughs> fear of, of the unknown also causes uh, that that inability to produce. So we look at recent times with COVID, you know, there was a lot of unknown factors. And I'm very <laughs> grateful that I had started a, a new business and I didn't have any choice but to focus on that because it really gave me, you know, clarity and focus of what I needed to do despite the unknown elements of what we were going through in March and April and, you know, whatnot. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel bad for folks who don't have so much on their plate that when things happen that are uh, unsettling and that are um, 
that perhaps leave a lot of confusion on the table if they don't have purpose and mission and focus it's their mind is going to dwell mm-hmm. on the areas that they have no control over so it's great to be so clear on what it is that you want to do that you're able to focus in on that even you know despite conditions around you you can do anything you can absolutely do anything yeah because chances are it'll never be as hard as some of the things you had to do Mm. in combat and when i say hard i don't mean like physically hard necessarily although that could be one you know sometimes it's it's that um you know the 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 mentally hard you know like I, i i talk about in my book what was one of the hardest things i had to do um you know and it was nothing physical it was just you know I had to be the bearer of bad news and it was a very hard thing to do. And, you know, and, and it's true. It's like when life and death is on the line and so much of what you're doing overseas is tethered to that. Right. Then when you come back into civilian world, okay. Um, there's a big disconnect because you, you've built up so much resilience and, um, the by by and large the civilian population has not had that much compressed in a short period of time so it's hard to speak the same language but you know it's important um i try to serve as a bridge to bring these two things together and uh you know so people understand you know um the value of what a veteran brings you know to an organization uh to a business And also, too, you know, veterans, you know, need to remember and understand that, you know, we we can't fault, um, you know, we were all civilians once, too. Now, granted, a lot of, you know, veterans going at 17, 18, but I know in my 20s, before I had gone in and enlisted, you know, I was a goofy civilian. (laughs) (laughs) So I always have to remember that and have that context and, um, you know, know that, uh, you know, not everybody has had the same experiences you have, so they don't have the same exp- uh, perspective that you have. Mm. And therefore, you know, if you want to do the right thing, you're going to find a way to bridge and connect, make that connection. Mm. Magda, tell us where can we find your book? Um, yes, yeah, so if they go to AmericanDreamTheBook.com, it has the links for Amazon on there because there are a lot of books named American dream, uh, but not a lot of books with the, the long subtitle <laughs> after <laughs> it. But if they go to American dream, the they'll be able to get those links. Yes. And that's also going to be in the description of this podcast below. I'm going to have all that links in there too. And if you're looking for a book and you can't find it, type in American dream. It's on Amazon. Uh, look for the woman holding an MP5, right? MP5. Yes. Yep. And she's got a big old smile on her face and she looks happy as hell. (laughs) Look for that book cover. (laughs) That was a good day. (laughs) So look, you guys can find her, uh, find Triangle Fragrance on Instagram. All right. It's at Triangle Fragrance and her website is MagdaKhalifa.com. That's M-A-G-D-A-K-H-A-L-I-F-A.com. Magda khalifa.com and also visit the business website trianglefragrance.com support your veterans support your local small business owners 
support everybody that you can support because let me tell you something, Magda, she is the real deal. And look, I got to be honest with you. I'm so glad I had you on this podcast because you dropped bombs, pun intended. You dropped, <laughs> you dropped some good ones. Some JDAMs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, I want to ask you, I ask you this for all my guests. You know, for the, uh, for the new listeners who are listening to me for the first time, Magda, what would you tell new listeners or new people who may not know me? You know, what would you tell them about me? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Well, I would say with my, um, depth of experience, I know I had some questions. You blew it out of the park and provide so much subject matter expertise to me that I felt comfortable building a professional relationship with you. So I saw that you took pride in your areas of expertise. And that is something that, um, Uh, you know, servant leadership and, you know, giving before getting is something that uh, not all businesses or business owners offer. And that struck me as something very powerful on top of the expertise that you provided uh, to me, which helped me greatly. So I would say for uh, new listeners who are, you know, meeting you for the first time or um, from a business standpoint that, your level of uh, servant leadership combined with that subject matter expertise really sets you apart from perhaps others that are doing the same. Wow. Thank you so much. That, you know, that means a lot, especially coming from somebody that has experienced so many different things in life, you know, like, like yourself. So, you know, with that being said, be sure to follow Triangle Fragrance on Instagram at Triangle Fragrance and visit magdakhalifa.com. And the Triangle Fragrance website is trianglefragrance.com. Get yours for his and hers. You know, Father's Day is coming up. Get your trianglefragrance.com and support it. Support it. And uh, I saw that you're running a special promotion for Triangle Fragrance for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have a code Father's Day for 15% off. Mm-hmm. And I will also, in case they hear the podcast afterwards, I will likely be doing something for 4th of July. Um, I do have, I, I don't know if I explained the uh, fragrance, but it's based upon the Freedom Triangle. So one for men, one for women, but I have the second line coming out um, this summer as well. And I'm getting ready to uh, release some clues as to the names and uh, the story behind it. So very excited about that. But everything about the fragrance ties to the Freedom Triangle. So it's very unique in that sense. Uh, Luxury fragrance line, but also uh, offers that self-help, which I think is so powerful and important um, to integrate into our lives. Mm. Real quick, can you give us a little bit about the history of Triangle Fragrance? Because I'm sure after they're hearing all this hype, you know, about this thing and about you, they got to know, they got to know. Please tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, well, with um, having great business mentors, they'll they'll always, you know, they'll say a lot of things, but every now and then a nugget will just stand out to you. And I realized uh, I had written the book. I knew I was, I started working on the digital course for the Freedom Triangle to help serve others and help them find their Freedom Triangle. But I thought there are a lot of people who would never, ever, ever, you know, read a book or 
you know, find the digital course or just be in that self-help space. And because I care so much about people and humanity, right, I thought, well, how can I reach more people? And I thought, you know, one of my mentors said something about having products. And that inspired me to create a product based upon, inspired from the Freedom Triangle. So I went with fragrance because I can make fragrance for men and for women. Uh, It's internationally available. And what I love about it, um, when all said and done, so I I released the first Confidence for Women, Victory for Men, um, based upon the time freedom uh, point of the Freedom Triangle. So it's a red box with a gold triangle. Uh, So the white line is going to be coming out in July, and that's... Uh, based upon the second point, which is health freedom. And the blue line will complete the triangle. That'll be later this year. And that's based upon the mind freedom. But Mm. when you put all three together, you're going to have red, white, and blue. So it all ties in together. You know, it's part of the American dream that I'm building here. And it is my hopes that while people are enjoying these beautiful fragrances, that they're able to, you know, find some interest in reading about this freedom triangle and improving their lives and being happier and finding fulfillment, you know, getting to an area that they perhaps were not able to, or would not have been able to get to had they not taken this journey, you know, so fragrance is, you know, wonderful and it makes the great gift as well. You know, so it's something that if you know somebody in your life that may need a little freedom triangle in their lives, uh, perhaps you can, um, uh, gently, you know, get uh, suggested to them via a purchase of uh, beautiful fragrance for them. And the American Dream book, all that good stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so once again, look, if you guys want to get Triangle Fragrance, right, go to Instagram, follow her at Triangle Fragrance. Uh, visit the website magdakhalifa.com and trianglefragrance.com, and also. Get the book, American Dream. Gotta get the book. What's the link again for American Dream? It's AmericanDreamTheBook.com. AmericanDreamTheBook.com. Magda, thank you so much for coming on here and, and just giving so much truth on a Sunday on top of that. Oh, my pleasure, Enrique. Thank you so much. I hope I'm able to have served your audience. And, you know, by all means, if I can help anyone uh, with any of the areas that we spoke about, you know, I'm happy to connect. Um, And I just thank you so much for letting me share uh, the value I have with your audience. Absolutely. And for the veterans listening and for people who are enlisted right now listening, hit her up. Hit her up. Tell her that. Uh, tell her what you learned from this podcast from her. Reach out to her. She's going to love that. And reach out to me too. Let me know what you guys think about this podcast. You know, everything is feedback. Feedback is a beautiful thing. So with that being said, Magda, look, I can't thank you enough for having you on. And I can't wait to see you next month in Miami <clears throat> for the business boot camp. That's going to be really exciting. Absolutely. That's going to be an amazing experience. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>